Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman, can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up? Fran, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm at a new station now. What is that? Imply. I, I moved to a new, I transferred to a new station. So, um, is that a promotion or is that just no, like a just, transfer? It's just a transfer. I just, I just left. Change just of taking, pace. Taking my talent somewhere else. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Is, that, is that like a change of pace thing or nah, um, sick of being around those people? Or? Yeah. Just tired of the area. Um, where I'm at now is way better. In less terms of what? Uh, okay, less everything's stressful. being under control. Everything's under control. Oh, so it's not there. chaos and cattywampus. Yeah, it's not okay, chaotic. Manager is nice. Supervisors are nice. People come to work. Mm. I love it out there, man. No shade. No shade. I no shade. There, yeah. Well, good, man. I'm glad, yeah. man. That's good. You know, because, you know, as we discussed last week, you know, that uh, post trip hangover was kind of real. Yeah. So sometimes, you you know, you know, a lot of people have been experiencing that all 2020, you know, like um, I read this article about before the pandemic, you know, you get a You got a job. You can't just go get a new job. Everybody doesn't have that opportunity, that luxury. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I, I have to work to make money. So mm-hmm. I don't have the ability to go out and like go to a job interview while I'm working to mm-hmm. try to find a new job. So I'm just kind of stuck here. Pandemic yeah. hits, people lose their job. They yeah. got unemployment. And now you're seeing a lot of people transitioning out of a life that they, you know, people came out of 2020, a different person. Yeah. So it's like, I'm, I'm fucking sick of working at Renaissance center. I'm tired of collecting people's, <laughs> Overdue couches, mm. and I don't want to do this anymore. So I'm not coming back to work. And now Renna Center has to like hike up the minimum wage to try yeah. to get people to come back in because Freddie, such and such, Roxanne, they quit. You know, yeah. I'm not coming back. I make more money at home, and I'm trying to figure. I got into cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm I got my real estate license. I'm yeah. going back to school and becoming a, a phlebotomist. Like people are like, I'm. This was a kick in the ass for me. Yeah, and I appreciate that because if you're not happy with your life, 2020 at least you could take away from it. It was a reset. Mm. Like you're, you're not, you, if you don't like your life, your life is done in the way that you knew it now. Yeah. So why not rise from the ashes like a Phoenix? If you can, Yeah. everybody doesn't have that ability, but if you can, it's like, 
Maybe you're not making that much money at your job, but mm. why not go find a, a job? Maybe you make the same amount of money, but you have more peace of mind. Yeah. You know, and I respect people who are like, or you're taking that time where you're making more money from unemployment to really be able to save up some money for the first time in your life because you're making more money than you made mm. working and taking that nest egg and go and try to do something with it. You know? Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of people become hustlers and become the people that they've always been meant to be coming out of 2020. And I respect that because, you know, when you're grinding and every meal is like, you know, when you when you don't have a car, you got to take the bus everywhere. A time like this where, you know, you're making more money than you have and you you also have time to like plan, plot your, ne your next move or make a drastic change. Like maybe you save up enough money from the, stim st the stimulus package and unemployment to be able to buy yourself a used car. Yeah. You know, and now you don't got to take the bus anymore. You know, it takes three times as long to get anywhere on a bus than if you had your own motor transportation. <laughs> and if you had to go get groceries, you can only bring home what you got, which yeah. you can carry. You can carry, yeah. So you got to go to the grocery store more often. You yeah. know, so it's like people really being able to make drastic changes to their life during this. And I'm all for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. I saw, I, I went to Dunkin' Donuts the other day and they had a sign in the front of Dunkin' Donuts. It was like $16 an hour hiring now. Like, yeah. That means that these corporations could have paid that the whole time. Now that people aren't what coming was, back what to work, before like like ten or something. Like that? Ten. I mean, last time I worked a minimum wage job, it was seven twenty five. So yeah. I know there've been yeah. a lot of strides made since yeah. then. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, nine they're, they paying nine dollars. Yeah, that oh, was like a big deal. Egg. Yeah, get me an egg. I was like, you made ten. You make ten an hour. <laughs> that's that's crazy. That's crazy to me. Yeah, I remember I was working at Abercrombie. I got a bump because you know you add a boy, you get good uh, 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 a little. Uh, Raise. Oh, I got a raise from like seven. Yeah, you know, come on, man. <laughs> Pucker up. You know, get from seven twenty five. Started making like seven thirty six. I was like, don't talk to me. That's how you feel. Yeah, I was like, don't even talk wow. to me. That's like I'm working less hours just because I. That's the the difference is made up. I can work less shifts. I did. I cared. I had zero significance for that job. Yeah, man. So, but see, it was job. a lifestyle thing for me. It wasn't just the. It wasn't just the. Uh, it wasn't the money at all. I hated. I hated working. I never needed to work in my life until I like moved out on my own. I never needed to work, so it was all about like, yeah. But there's like pretty girls here, and like my friends are here. It was a party. You know, you were here, like, man, where's the money? At? Yes. And then like, you need me to spend money to get the uniform. Sure, I will wear this one shirt. <laughs> until the no, I was like, bro, I got to get the no, new, the no, new, the new styles, no. the new season of stuff just came, and I got to get the new shirt, no, new no. flip flops. It wasn't happening. Yeah. No, I loved it. Y'all gonna pay me this bullshit, and then I gotta spend it. On, I gotta, I gotta drop the whole check, the whole check I just made for the whole last week's of work. I gotta use that to get my uniform. That's crazy. That's, this isn't a uniform, then. <laughs> Uniforms <laughs> right. are free. Yeah, they had a lot of crazy that's rules, insane, and that's why that man. business is really going under right now, man. They got a lot of uh, aid, uh, colorism, and 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 I uh, bet. beauty standard fucking discrimination and shit. It was a very toxic company, but at the time, I can't get over that, man. That was my college, bro. You pay me that bullshit to buy the clothes that you guys provide. That we should begin for free. We work for you guys. It's a uniform, at, at least. If it's not a uniform, and I should be able to come in here wear no, whatever I want on to. On top of that, it's expensive. Yeah, it's not oh, yeah, like yeah. the shirt sixty dollars, but you get thirty percent off. So it costs oh, as much as like a shirt I would actually pay to wear to go somewhere. You got to buy the jeans. Yeah, jeans are like a hundred dollars. You can't wear competition jeans no, at no. Abercrombie, so you got to buy their jeans That's with insane. their stitching on the on the back. I hated that. Or you got to find jeans that have no stitching or logos 
or just close. If by some miracle you could find a shirt that had no competing logos on it, yeah. you basically had to like custom make your own clothes, like Prince. Yeah. If you wanted to save money working at Abercrombie, which defeated the whole. It was like if I'm gonna put in this much work, I don't need to work here. Like if I was gonna stitch my own shirt, my own jeans, yeah. so there's no Sean John S on the back jean pockets or Hollister That's Bird crazy, or something. Man. If you can't do that, then you got to buy the Abercrombie clothes. And if I could do that, if I could make my own clothes, why would I use that energy to work here? That was great. Y'all loved it there. Though. I loved it there, man. That was my college, Y'all was man. getting overtime. I was like, what? Oh, I loved it there. I'm I would have done here. anything for the managers at the time, the, the, the crew here. that it was, man. I loved it, bro. That was like my college, legit. Because I dropped out of college. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> it's like college, but you don't have to go to the classes or anything. You get to yeah. go to the parties. You get to go to all the college parties and all that stuff, but you don't yeah. have to go to school. So it was awesome, cool people man. Yeah, cool people. Yeah, very cool people. Yeah. people I'm still cool with to this day. But anyway, Fran, moving on. Yeah. Uh, what's going on, man? How you feeling? You know, you just talked about your new station thing. Yeah, uh, I'm feeling good. I feel uh, more rested than I have had in a while. Like, the past year has been, like, crazy as far as, like, the hours I've been working. Sure. Stuff. So recently I've just been at the new station. Um, I don't have my own route, so I'm doing a couple different routes, but I'm doing less walking. Got it. Um, you're not coming great, home as man. tired. You're not expending nah, as much energy. Nah, coming. I'm going in a little later, but I'm getting off a little earlier. Uh, get my day off. It's it's been great, man. I love it there. That's awesome, man. Before yeah, we yeah. get into, some, I got a couple topics I want to talk to, but I gotta, you know, I'm popping back in with a, you know, what I'm saying a philosophy, friend question. I want to yeah. dig deep with you. I wanted to really um, get your response from this, and this feels like it's transitioning into a pretty good. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. in a on a day to day basis in your life, when is a time when you feel truly empowered like how often does that happen for you like when you feel like man i'm killing this or like i'm great at this or this really makes me feel good about myself that i'm so good at this brings me uh confidence or anything like when when on a on something that you do on a day-to-day basis regular basis do you feel empowered um just anything or just like outside of like uh maybe just it could be a small thing. Teaching like a lesson to like Sophie. She's getting to an age where she's like asking a whole bunch of questions yeah. down and like going outside. And right. Like watch her outside. And it's like, you know, you got to be mindful of this and that. Right. And, that's something. and then with that, I feel like, um, but I owe more of that to like my dad. So you're saying like so telling her something and then seeing her, that she just, gets it. See, is that uh, what you're saying? Oh, kind of recognize it a little bit. But, but I mean, just telling her something where that I've learned when I was Oh, a like a kid. life lesson, not like yeah, tie yeah, your yeah, shoe yeah, or something yeah, like that. something like that. It, okay. So it was like something I learned. I go, hey, you know, you need to do this or you can't do this or something like that. Sure. She gets in and go, okay, then that, that those moments like that is where I go. Putting like, those okay, building blocks yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does she get it? I'll maybe, go, maybe one and out the other. I don't know. I used to be the same way. So my dad yeah. probably would be like, you used the same fucking way. Yeah. You know? But um, other than that, no, I don't. Don't ever feel like that ever. Oh man, come on, man. That's, <laughs> I that, no, you gotta, you I gotta, don't. Get, you gotta get, you gotta get a hobby or something, man. I don't. You gotta go. I don't know, like you man. Got the, you got that camera, man. You need to take some time out for yourself and like go out and take some photos of the world or something yeah. that make you feel like, man, no, I, I got an angle on that that nobody has ever seen before. I want that for you, man. Mm. You can, you gotta feel like for me personally, and this is a small thing, but yeah. like for me, whenever I walk in any room, like. I get when I get in like if it's you know if it's a group of people mm-hmm. we start talking or whatever I get into a, a point in any conversation where I feel like I I am controlling the room like yeah. I like and when when that happens for me I feel good about myself yeah. I feel like you no know, like oh they're hanging on every word mm-hmm. they're waiting for this part of the story and then you know the story by hand by heart so you just know like and then I'm gonna do 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 won't they laugh you know what I'm saying like when you really it's like a symphony yeah. and that's where I feel empowered is in conversation. 
and 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 talking to people, making people laugh, you know, and just 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 in socializing with people. Yeah. That, even though, but I, I my battery needs to be at its peak. Yeah. Because if I'm tired, I don't like talking to people. But when I'm like fully ready to go, I feel really empowered when I'm just like talking to people and and being in the mix like not just soaking up a conversation like yeah. i'm in the center and you know you know what i'm saying and they go ha, ha, you can tell they love that i just pulled them into the thing and yeah. i you know i'm like and, and she knows and then it's like yeah. everybody's like oh yeah, yeah that is like when i feel at like my most powerful yeah you know so i feel like everybody should get to feel like that as as much as possible and whatever it is that you're cooking like when you cook something that just you like no taste fantastic and then you want to go sh- feed it to your partner to be like hey like you come in humble like hey yeah. what do you think about this but you know it's fire like you know i kill i put the cumin in this like this fresh basil what do you think about this and you think like mm, they taste it they go crazy and you're like oh you like it yeah. but you it's like fucking right you like it because i know i fucking killed this just now yeah that fi- that feeling of empowerment i feel like is important bro well, how long do you hang on that it's not a hang on thing it's like it just is something that feels good for how for how long though after the, having the, you go, the, you, the process of whatever the thing, the conversation is over. I like that. Like I can, I, I can have like sometimes I'll I'll have a conversation with somebody that's so say it's for like uh, for instance for like real estate I'll have a conversation sure. with somebody that's been into it like one of my mentors or whatever and mm-hmm. then um, just the conversation I can tell that I've been learning a lot and I know and I can realize that they see that oh he's been studying soaking it up the game in, yeah, he's yeah, been yeah. putting in work so those times I go oh yeah I, I pretty much got this down back. Then I and then I'm 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 like that's it. Then so that I feeling doesn't it doesn't stick it, on doesn't, you. it doesn't it, it just don't stay for me. Like I don't go home and go like Steph. Th-. I go. It was cool. And yeah. I just it and that's it. I just don't it don't stick with me like that. I just I just move on. I can't I can't I just don't stick with stuff like that with me. It just don't it don't work like that. Okay. Well, I mean, as long as <laughs> I don't it's because I got so much going on, I just I just don't I just move on. I hope that I I hope that the reason is that that's just not how you're wired and not that Sorry, you're I'm oh that's no problem and not that what's that a Root beer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fire. And I hope that the reason is that you're just not wired that way and not that you are running so... Because I'm like that. Like, a lot of times in my life, especially with the recent success of this podcast, I'm always like, okay, cool, but the next thing. Yeah. Instead of sitting in, oh, man, we got 50,000 downloads this month. They're like, you know, oh, we're going to Vegas. or whatever. You yeah. know, like like sitting in that, it's like, no, no, but I, now I want to get to 100,000. I just think now I want to go to yeah. the next trip. I want them to pay to fly us out. You know, yeah. it's like I don't sit in the moment. That's a different thing because that one will come back on you. Yeah, well, I think it's just because just the world we're living in now. I think it's, that's why I'm like that now. Like I just like I don't. It's you go like I don't know how long. I, it's just I, it's just a whole bunch of stuff. I just go. I it's time to it's just move on. I just I'm not going to sit on this. I, it's other shit I need to do or other shit I need to get to. Okay. Or I always feel like that I don't have enough time. So I just feel like I need to just like. Just keep going. Just yeah, keep going. you don't so, have time to sit on it yeah, and, and so, linger like, on it. Yeah. Okay. So it fucked with me a little bit, but there's times I, I've had where I've been like, oh, yeah, I, I did that. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, well. Well, I, I hope, I, again, if it's yeah. if it's just not a thing that you do, cool. But if it if it's because of a lack of time or you feel yeah. like, then I hope you get that time because mm-hmm. it can do wonders for just your self-esteem. Yeah. Like it really, really, that's the best that's what it does for you. Mm-hmm. When you feel confident in something that you know you can do and you and it's something, especially if it's something small that you can do every day. Yeah. Like I know when we play basketball, you feel like, oh, 
I, I got this guy. This guy in front of me, I'm about to cook him. Yeah. Whatever. Like, but we don't play basketball every day. Right. And the older we get, the less basketball. <laughs> yeah. I ruptured my Achilles. Oh, a, a year and a half ago, yeah. or something like that. My basketball days are there's a clock on it. <laughs> I recognize that the day that yeah. it happened, I didn't think that it was. I was like, yeah. I could play ten more games of basketball, yeah. and then my shit snapped crazy. <laughs> so that day is the day I realized, like, oh, this is something that I like to do. It gives me fulfillment. I enjoy. It. It's a good workout, but this has a clock on it. Yeah, at least at this level. Yeah, you know, I could be the guy just like, hey, youngster, let me let me get. The, I come out and just shoot jumpers for at forty. But high stakes, like high level basketball, that's got a it's got a shelf life on it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm you'll be thirty this year. Yeah. So the the days are like catching the elbow to the face and one muscle up. All yeah. that shit is that shit is coming to an end. We we're reaching like three on three, uh, like pig. No, we not. Yeah, no, no I'm we saying not. like we're reaching like, hey man, we're not turning forty, bro. We're not turning forty, <laughs> but like I can't go out there and, and just play six games of basketball straight. I know, I, me either, but. You still, you still got good a uh, two like the first two is like that's where the most energy is for now. Yeah. But that's got a shelf life on it. <laughs> yeah, is what I'm saying. I, but we still got a little bit of time. No, for sure, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But I'm saying <laughs> the fulfillment that I know you feel from playing basketball. Yeah. I want you to get that in something that you can do every day oh, for the yeah, rest of your life yeah, if you yeah. want to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like photography, like cooking, yeah. podcasting, whatever it is. And I'm I'm speaking to everybody now, not just you. Yeah. Find that thing that makes you feel empowered and. And chase that feeling because it's a good. It's nothing wrong with feeling. I'm not saying I feel cocky and be talking shit. I'm just saying like yeah. to feel confident in yourself. There's nothing wrong with that, and you should feel that as often as possible. Yeah, um, but that's why I didn't bring basketball because like that's not that's something we do for fun. Yeah, so you like, you're not, you're not like not in the gonna, NBA or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I get that. I'm th I'm sorry, but I'm thirsty. Yeah, man. Well, soda is like the thing <laughs> that's <laughs> gonna do the least. How they like, like a commercial. Mm. <laughs> It's in mix. <laughs> Some kind of song is playing. Yeah. So uh, uh, before we move on, uh, well, actually, we are moving on. I, oh, okay. I don't want to move on uh, yeah. past this next topic like quickly. But um, I don't know if you saw the video. Of, there's this uh, condominium building in Florida. It's yeah, called the, the, Champ, the, the Champlain Tower South. Mm -hmm. Half the building just fell down. Yeah. That's scary. There, there's 159 people unaccounted for. At least unaccounted for. Unaccounted for. I guess in the rubble, they're telling people to stay uh, hopeful, but it's like, are, if they're unaccounted, the thing is, like, I think it's a vacation building, so a lot of oh. the units might have been empty. Oh. I think is what maybe that's why so many people aren't accounted for because yeah, like, they aren't in the crazy. state. Because if they're if you're saying that there might be 159 people in the rubble of this, that's great, and that the death toll is only at five so far. Yeah, that tells me that maybe those people just aren't there. Right. Hopefully, pray pray to God. Right. But. Uh, an article I read today said three years ago, uh, a, a building code specialist came in and was like, you guys need to make some repairs to this building because That's crazy, there's man. water damage at the base level because you guys didn't do the water runoff properly. So basically, you know, when you build a house, if you want water to go in, yeah, you, you want to slope it. You want to slope it so the water runs away. So they yeah. waterproofed it, but the water still bu builds up and sits. Yeah. So they would say people that live in the building would be like, yeah, whenever it rains a lot, the basement garage is it floods. So the base withered away over the years since that 2018 person came in and said, hey, y'all need to repair this. And allegedly they've been doing repairs, but the repairs started at the roof. Like they were making some fixing something on the roof. First. First. They sued the shit out of them. Oh, I'm sure they will. I mean, bro, five people, half the building fell. It's, the footage looks, it looks like a demolition. Yeah. Like, it is absolutely insane. The rest of the building 
It's not like it's, it's not that, like that yeah, it's gone. gone. They're gonna have yeah, to they're yeah, gonna yeah. have to it's they're not. gonna have to demolish the rest of the building. It's not like it's like oh great, thank God my condo survived on the other half. So just build up the other half. You know what I mean? Like the, everything's gonna come down. They're they're contemplating because it's a double tower condominium. So they're contemplating evacuating the people out of the other condo. Yeah, yes. Which I if I lived there, I would move immediately. Yeah. The fucked up part is that's fucking burned real estate now. Like after that event, if you're even in the other tower, you can't sell that. Like no. you would just have to. It's gone. It hopefully the state buys it from you or something, or gives you pennies on the no, dollar. No, see, or that's some, what, and that's what makes me mad. Now, I I wouldn't want to think of it that way. I wouldn't want to think of it as now I need to try to find a way to give it to somebody else. Give it to someone. Well, they it's can't. Like, but that's I mean that's. But I mean, like, a lot they, of people are definitely tried, thinking that. Well, they already tried to cut corners by you know not, not doing what the they building. were supposed to do. Yeah. So now. That money they was making, they was doing something they it was irrelevant to what the problem was, mm-hmm. which is the foundation was the most important part of the house or mm-hmm. the building or whatever. Yeah. Um no, I'm like, no, hell no. Mm. Yeah. All no. that shit that, that takes that take, and go by and fucking lawsuits and all that shit. Yeah. I mean that's the that's, that, that's the that's the best but I'm talking not even about the building owners, because they're gonna try to do whatever kind of slick oh, yeah. moves they can. But it's a condominium building, so there's a bunch of investors in that like people each each one of those units is uh somebody took out a loan yeah conventional loan fha loan whatever they did and invested and bought a property with their hard-earned money yeah and now they're sitting on useless a useless investment they're they're immediately within that night they're now upside down on their investment because you can't sell it nope you still got to pay the well someone lost it or they lost (laughs) half the bill so a bunch of people lost not only their lives but if they you know thank god if you didn't lose your life but now you're like in a financial hole i mean obviously exactly thank god your life is more important but yes airbnbs it's florida they're like beachside like that's a lot of money that just fell and people's lives are more important but the people who are still alive and half the building and then the other building next to it that they're talking about they might evacuate there's a lot of might? people what yeah they're definitely i mean even <laughs> if they don't i'm saying even if they don't like mandate that you have to leave yeah. i would just leave yes like the me, half of the building is gone yeah but they're saying like they are they're saying like they might condemn the bill like you have to leave have to some go. people might go well i don't have anywhere else i have to live here that's a different that's choice than yeah. i don't like that that building fell so i'm gonna leave and hey you have to leave. Yeah. Those are two different things. Yeah, for sure. Because then that's a whole different, like, why, where do I go? Yeah. Like, it's one thing if you have money to go, oh, shit, well, fuck this. I'm going to go stay with my sister, and then I'm going to go buy a new building somewhere else yeah. to live because I'm not living here anymore. And I bought this with my last little bit of money. My my dad died a few years ago, and I used his money from, his, uh, you know, that he inheritance that he gave me to buy this home for myself. And yeah. now they're telling me I have to leave because this building fell. That's two different things. Mm-hmm. So prayers to everybody involved in that. It's a whole mess. It reminded me of there was this building in 2017, I believe, in the UK. There was a fire on the fourth floor. And the whole building burned up. But it was like a it was like a um, basically like a project building. Mm. Like, you know, in the projects, you know, for people who aren't familiar in a lot of inner city communities, they build up yeah. so they can funnel all all the poor people into one area but they build up so that they can have more units Mm -hmm. so this building was like 24 feet high and the fire started on the fourth floor and in the uk at this time they had this like stay in place order like if there's a fire you gotta stay you stay in your unit because the fire you you, we don't want the hallways cluttered with people when the firefighters are trying to get in and a bunch of people stayed in place but the way that the building was uh designed the tools that i mean the um materials that they used Mm -hmm. The building it went up in flames like Damn. within hours, and then by the time it was on the fourth floor, mm-hmm. so the if the fourth floor is now not usable, the elevators 
anybody from the fourth floor up, you're stuck. How are yeah. you going to get out? You the, the base of the building is on fire. And uh, I think like over 70 people died in that fire. Damn. But it was like a bunch of failures at the bureau- bureaucratic level and with the local uh, security. And obviously that was way more of a failure. But again, the fire started in somebody's apartment building. Mm-hmm. And it that one fire, it, it highlighted all of the things that were done faulty in the building because it, it went up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. And a because bunch of the materials and shit they used? Because of the materials that they used and... And also because the fire hydrants, the, is anything about the fire hydrants? I don't think that like sprinklers. You mean? No, you put that fire hydrant on every floor. A fire hydrant. I mean, uh, I'm sorry to uh, what the what hose, the uh, fire extinguisher. Sorry, oh, fire this fire was too big for a fire extinguisher, man. This was a this was a flame. But it's not it's not supposed to put out the fire. It's supposed to give you a, a pathway. But they yeah. didn't have a pathway to go anywhere because the base of the building was. A, you couldn't get that's where the fire was like a fire extinguisher is doing nothing to this. So base and also they told everybody to stay in place. So anybody who listened, now it's an hour into the fire, the fire is not being under control, and now people were like, Okay, well now I guess we should leave and they couldn't and so they went up. Was this like a was that like a building rule or something? Like the I don't know what this was. Like, crazy. Fire chief? I, oh, there, was a, there was a bunch of people who were like, I'm I'm gonna fucking yes. fuck you. <laughs> like but a lot of people just Followed the rules, like stay in place. Elderly people, yeah. Yeah, you, or you believe that they have it under control, so they're going to take care of Damn, it. And uh, like 70 plus people died, and a lot of them died on the top floor because they went up thinking yeah. at some point they'll put the fire out, so we'll just go up until they uh, get it under control. It and like 25 people died on that. No, it was like smoke oh. inhalation, fires, people Damn. jumping out of the building. And it was a it was a predominantly like African immigrants and um, immigrants from other countries that were in that building and they all burned up. A lot of them burned up and died. 70 plus people died. Money, man. I tell you the way that people, these conglomerates, they cut corners. You know, mm-hmm. the, these people at this building in Florida got told in 2018, Hey man, you guys need to make some structural changes to this. Cause something bad could happen. Now, obviously they didn't say half the building could just fall down in the middle of the night. That video is truly that's crazy. The worst case scenario that it can happen, and it did happen. But a lot of these, a lot of these tenement building people, and like you know, slumlord it's money, man. It's like, man, the okay, money I gotta spend. It's like I could take all the asbestos out of this building, or I could not, and yeah. just see what happens. Yep. And maybe nothing will happen for the next twenty years, and I'll sell the building, and then it's somebody else's problem. That's like the best. That's what you're gambling on. Yeah. That I keep the profits high. And kick the can down the road, and I kick the can so down far down the road that it's not even my problem. It's whoever I sell the buildings to problem, and then yeah. that's on them. But in this case, they kicked the can down the road, and in the middle of the night, a few, a few days ago, half of a building fell to the earth. It was truly like a crazy video. Yeah. And now there's 159 people unaccounted for, and five the death tolls up to five. Prayers to everybody involved in that. It's absolutely crazy, fucking man. crazy, man. Uh, before we get into the good vibes, uh, good vibes. I mean the good vibes, Jesus Christ. Before we get into the Patreon shoutouts, it's it's late. Before we get into the Patreon shoutouts, uh, want to make a quick announcement for people who haven't heard. Derek Chauvin, the former police officer who was responsible for killing George Floyd, received twenty two and a half year prison sentence. Uh, you know, I think that this twenty two and a half years. Mm-hmm. That's it. Listen, man, I think this is a big step for accountability. Is it? There are times when police officers would get no time in prison, so I think that. This is a, uh, it, it's something. And as, as shitty as that sounds, like something's better than nothing. I know that that's a crazy thing to say. And when you're talking about somebody dying, yeah. especially the way that that happened. Um, but it is, this is a something, this is kind of unprecedented in a lot of ways. Like 
accountability in some form. So, you know, again, I'm not. That's like I'm, in June, uh, June. Uh, what's the, what's that holiday? Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Hey man, listen, it's I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not here to, I'm not here to go deep into that. It's been a year that the fight continues for progress and for accountability and all that stuff. But I just wanted to speak on it, but not speak on it too much. But, um, yeah, like I said, man, it, it's something, you know, I can't be, everybody can be mad. Like, you know, you can be mad, you can be happy. You can feel how you feel about it. A lot of people feel like a guy's dead. He's never coming back. I think that it was a little exploitive. I didn't like that they called his daughter on FaceTime during the trial to like have her speak about her dad. I thought that was like kind of gross because she's like six years old. But whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like they're trying to win a case and get the maximum amount of time and and appeal to the jury. So I, I get why they did it. But I just didn't like seeing that. It's the same thing where, you know, I covered the Ronnie O'Neill trial. And then his son is the is the is the like the star witness of the trial so he has to testify but it's still hard to see a kid who got burned on 30 percent of his body testify against his dad get cross-examined by his dad also the jury recommended in the ronnie o'neill trial that he be put to death um i mean i have nothing to say about that fuck that guy it's been recommended it's up to the judge if they do that but the jury recommend they said that like there's been enough proved that this guy should have to, we, we think that that's a, a fine uh, penalty. Mm. And so the, I think the judge has the ultimate say, but the judge can now say death is on the table since the jury said it, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know legal terms, but um, yeah. Rest in peace to George Floyd, uh, peace and justice to the world and accountability. And yeah, man, that's all I really got on that. But anyway, let's get into these Patreon shout outs, man. That's right, folks. It's time for another uh, another Patreon shout out. Also, shout out to everybody on the Patreon. We got right now. We are running. Let me turn this down a little bit. Uh, right now, we are running a, an exclusive Patreon merchandise uh, 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 run of shirts. Um, we're doing a run of fifty right now. I think we got twenty left. So if you're currently on the Patreon, you're looking to get some exclusive merchandise, uh, hit us up in the messages. We'll get you the information for the Venmo so that you can uh, order your shirt. Also, if you Join the Patreon today. Let me say this. If you join the Patreon today or any time, you know, in the next week or so before the order is up, if you join after hearing this, get $5 off your order. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Give it up for me one time. If you're a new Patreon member, you join after hearing this episode, get $5 off your order if you want a T-shirt, okay? Uh, up next, we, uh, starting off with uh, our first Patreon shout-out is going to Lindsay M. Shout-out to Lindsay M. Much appreciated to you. Uh, we thank you very much for joining the Patreon. I hope you're enjoying what we got going on over there. Uh, up next, we got Jennifer M. Shout-out to Jennifer M. Much appreciation to you. Thank you very much to Jennifer. It looks like your photo is... You and the fam. Keeping the fam close. Much love to that. I love that. I respect that. Uh, up next, we got Kiko H. Um, I don't know. That might be Japanese or something. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's her, and her, her and her child. Yeah, it's very small, man. And also, I have cataracts, so it's hard for me to see things sometimes. Up next, we got Amanda S. Amanda, please. Uh, shout out to you. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining the Patreon. Much love and appreciation. Up next, we got Rakita D. Rakita. Shout out to you, Rakita. You are a true serial killer, and we appreciate you. Uh, up next, we got Erica W. Erica W. Shout out to you, Erica. Much appreciated. I knew a girl named the girl I took the prom's name was Erica. Okay, Erica's have been very good to me in my life. Shout out to you, Erica. Uh, up next, we got Bitsy. Bitsy C. Shout out to you, like Bit. Huh? How's it like that? Bitsy? Yeah. That's her name. 
No, why are you saying it like that? How am I saying it? Say it again. Bitsy. Stop saying Why are you saying it? What am I saying? saying? Why are you saying it like that? What Bits, am I saying Bitsy. what? Bitsy. Bitsy. I don't know what's going on, man. You're, right. you're, tri- you're tripping. Uh, up next, we got uh, Emmy G. Shout out to Emmy G. That's, that's, Emmy. That'd be a hard rap name. Yeah, Emmy. Oh, the, E-M-I. Oh, th- oh, okay. Should be. Oh, okay. Emmy G. I thought, I, thought you, I thought it was two letters. No. Oh, M-E? Yeah. Me. Shout out to me. Yeah. Shout out to us. Always shout out to me. But shout out to Emmy. Emmy G. You M-E. should think about a rap career because that's a dope name. Emmy G, the, the, the ruthless. You know, I had like a, a, a little uh, like an adjective on there. Emmy yeah. G, the fly or something like that would be a good one. Uh, and lastly, we got... Brandis, Brandis H. Mm, Shout out different. to you, Brandis. Yeah, Brandis. Yeah, I fuck with that. Uh, their picture is scenery. I dig it. I, I fuck with the vibes. I think probably got some uh, a photography background. Shout out to Brandis H. Much appreciation to you. Much appreciation to everyone who joined the Patreon. Like I said, we got an exclusive merch thing going on on Patreon right now. We got about twenty shirts left. So if you if you're listening to this, if you're a member of the Patreon, or if you're thinking of joining the Patreon, get on over there. Hit us up. Get you a T-shirt. I think the uh, the design's pretty fly. All the information's on Patreon. Hit us up. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's my turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park All right, and we are back. Fran, my affirmative murder this week is a little different. It's it's a true crime story for sure, but basically what happened was I was scrolling through HBO Max recently. Mm-hmm. Shout out to me, HBO Max. And The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, is now available on HBO Max. Okay. I'm a big fan of The Conjuring series. It's uh, about uh, the Warrens. They're this psychic couple who solves these you know demonic possessions and exorcisms and haunted mm-hmm. houses and stuff like that. There have been a lot of um, movies, Annabelle and... The first Conjuring is really good. The second Conjuring is really good. And then they kind of just, it gets, they turned it into a whole franchise like Fast and the Furious. But there's some good ones after the first two. Mm-hmm. But like, it's like the opposite of, you know how Paranormal Activity was like, the first one's good. Yeah. Second one was all right. Yeah. Then by the fifth one, they had like superpowers. It was in a Chicano neighborhood. Shit got weird <laughs> yeah. in the Paranormal Activity world. But the Conjuring world is very interesting. And I watched The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. And it's based on a true story. I assume all of the stories are based on a true story because... Uh, the 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 couple is a real couple. They're real people mm-hmm. that really go into these houses and expel demons and all that stuff. So they say, right? Yeah. But this one is based on a real murder that happened. Mm. And while I'm watching the movie, I thought that the the light that they framed everything in was kind of odd because basically they're absolving the perpetrator of the crime mm-hmm. because they're saying he was possessed by a demon when he killed the person. Mm-hmm. So it almost was like, it wasn't his fault. And that was the the premise of the movie was like, we have to prove that it wasn't his fault 
by finding who cursed him and made him kill that person. Mm -hmm. Which, when you're doing something based on a true story, I feel like that's a little insensitive and weird, right? Because this guy really killed somebody, somebody really died, and basically you're saying he didn't do that, the devil did it. Mm. And that's what the movie's premise is. Okay. So because of the movie, it made me want to kind of go find out the real story. Yeah. And interestingly enough, a lot of what happens in the movie is based on what happened in real life. But obviously, everything is ramped up and, you know, they take some creative liberties and they lean into more of the demonic stuff. But like the story of the murder, they kind of tell verbatim. So when they say based on a true story, is it? Is it's it based. Just, it's you got to really based. lean on that word oh, okay. based. So it's just like the main... A loose telling of what happened. Okay. Like, right. from what I heard, that movie, The Blind Side, mm -hmm. that Michael Orr dude was like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> I never read the article, but I've read. A, I've seen a lot of headlines I where it's like, Michael Orr is yeah. like, this is not what happened at all. Yeah. I had a bed. Yeah. Like, they really played him out in that movie if that's not how his life went. Like, that's the craziest line in the movie. And if that didn't happen, she's like... He's like, he's this big, you know, you know, it's one of those white savior movies. So it's mm. like uh, this big black giant guy who is, oh, he didn't even know he was good at sports until this white family took him in and, and showed him the ropes. Yeah. And then he goes, I never had this before. And they're like, your own room? He's like, a bed. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Michael Orr was like, man, I had a bed in my life. Like, what the fuck do you, th I'm six, seven. Well, it's a movie. So they got to. That's the base. Yeah. We're, like radio was based on true story, right? We're not even gonna <laughs> do that. We're not even gonna. That movie needs to be erased from existence that it ever happened in life, and we're not even gonna go there. I'm not even gonna. I'm gonna move on and go into my story. That's crazy that you would even. That's we don't even talk about that movie existing. That's wild. Cuba Gooding Jr. should be like, he should have to answer <laughs> for that. Like he's, <laughs> I don't know how he's never. Maybe he has, but to my <laughs> knowledge, he's never had to come out and be like, yo. I, they paid me a lot of money and like my bad. Like that's crazy. That movie is so That bad. movie is so offensive and crazy. And I know that last oh, decade was crazy, a different man. time, but I can't believe he like did that and is not you talk about being canceled. I mean, come on, bro. They didn't want that movie is so Oh, that movie's wild. crazy, bro. Like they don't even want people that aren't oh, gay. In twenty twenty one, it's like if you're not actually gay, we don't even want you being playing a gay character yeah, in a yeah, TV. Yeah. And they had that guy. I'm not even going to go into If you know, you know. If you've seen radio, I mean, shit, that shit was different last decade. That's all I'm going to say. It's like the shit they used to do, you can't even get. No, <laughs> you won't even get in a meeting. The meeting, you'll, you'll get banned from Hollywood oh, at the meeting where they're like, okay, so we want to have... <laughs> we <laughs> we want to have Timothy Chalamet... Uh, playing somebody who's severely autistic. Oh, get out of get get out. Yes. Get out and don't ever come back. Don't ever come back in this room again. You're banned from Hollywood. The fact that movie made it that far, man. Oh man, <laughs> that far. It came out in the movie theater. It, it came. It made it. it. The movie made it out. It, that's crazy. It made it in several theaters. It was like hundreds of movie theaters. It had a full feature release date. It's a football movie, man. Uh, is it? I don't even remember that. That's the thing that it was about. He was, he was like on a football coaching staff. Right? <laughs> that shit is that movie. That is crazy that that movie exists. Anyway, my affirmative murder this week is even though he's a white guy, I think he might be a ginger. Uh, is the story of Arnie Johnson. Okay. okay. Um, Arnie. This movie, Arnie Johnson. This movie is the sto this is the story that uh, the Conjuring, the Devil Made Me Do It, is based on. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> At age nineteen, Arnie Johnson stabbed. 
Alan Bono, who was 40 years old, okay. more than 20 times Damn. with a pocket knife on February 16th, 1981. The small community of Brookline, Connecticut. I'm sorry, when was this? 1981. 1981. Was this like one of those uh, Swiss Army knife pockets? Pocket in knife? the movie, again, in the movie, it looked like a fishing knife. It was like okay. one that you, it like tucks, mm, okay, but gotcha. it had a very, it was like serrated. Like it, mm. had like it was a very sharp knife, but like it's a movie based. Okay. got to go up, you know. So based on the movie, it was like a decent pocket knife. Right. The small community of Brookline, Connecticut was shocked at the murder. This was the first in its 193 year history. The first murder. It's a Damn. very small, quaint, quiet town. Uh, but that was nothing compared to the shock of Johnson's intended defense. Guilty by reason of demonic possession. Mm. Johnson moved into the home of his girlfriend, Debbie Glatzel, in May of 1980, a month before her brother David began to claim he was being tormented by a demon. Glatzel's family sought help from a Catholic church and from famed demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren. Now, Ed and Lorraine Warren are who these movies are based on, The Conjuring. There's several of them. They're the stars of them. It's their universe. It's their stories of how they've uh, eradicated demons from homes and all that kind of stuff. They're yeah. the stars of these movies, or mm -hmm. at least their story. Not them, literally, but like people playing them. Uh, uh, so uh, they performed four minor rites of exorcism to expel the 42 demons allegedly contained in David's body. During one such rite, Arnie Johnson challenged the demons to enter him instead. What? So basically, in the and again, this is why I'm going off of like in the movie, the character of Arnie Johnson is this noble guy who this like six year old, seven year old kid is being going through an exorcism, mm -hmm. and he's like, "Take me instead! Yeah, get out of this little boy, leave him alone, and take me." Mm -hmm. So, but that's what, how the movie portrays it. But uh, that's apparently that well, that's what Lorraine and Ed say happened as well. They basically are saying like he basically shook and challenged the demons to exit the little boy to save him and come into him. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, so at, not long after this event, Arnie, who had no prior criminal record, stabbed Bono to death. There were four or five tremendous wounds, including one that extended from Bono's stomach to the base of his heart. Damn. So he like so sliced he up. Like gutted him. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. And again, this is a guy who has no criminal record, no violent past, and all of a sudden he just did this, right? Johnson was found that day about two miles away, arrested, and then held at the Bridgeport Correctional Facility on $125,000 bail. He said he remembered nothing. At the kennel where they worked that day was his fiancée, Debbie Glatzel, along with her nine-year-old cousin, Mary, and Johnson's sister, Wanda. Debbie Gladsell told police that just before the stabbing, a drunk Bono, who was her boss, grabbed Mary and wouldn't let go. Johnson allegedly intervened. He began growling like an animal, uh, according to her, before drawing his knife and stabbing her boss repeatedly. In the months before the stabbing, she said, her fiancé had started to show some odd behavior. So basically, the months before the stabbing were also the months after the exorcism. Okay. This is what they're saying. So, like, it's months before the, the stabbing, but also after that night where he told the demons to come into him, that's when she started to notice his behavior change. Was that the... that So, that time was doing the... Ex, ex, what is it? Exorcism. Exorcism. With the, him and the little boy. Him and the little boy. Okay. He was there at the house when Lorraine and Ed and a Catholic priest were performing an exorcism on the little boy. So, what happened In the, the movie, the, the exorcism's crazy. What happened with the little boy? For them to go, he's, I got, I get oh, that, I get right. to that. That's in here a little bit, not a ton, but mm -hmm. there's some, there's some follow up on that. 
so like I said, in the months before the stabbing, uh, his fiance said his behavior started to change. He started falling into trances. He was he would growl and he started having hallucinations, which he wouldn't remember afterward. This was all alarmingly similar to her youngest brother's behavior, which had began in the summer of 1980 after he entered a rental property the couple had acquired. Hmm. Again, all of this is in the movie. In the movie, the little boy lays on a bunk bed, and then that kind of starts. I mean, a uh, water bed. He lays on a water bed. The water bed has a, a demon in it, which water is like bed. this crazy concept, right? Because a water bed, right, is full of water. But then when you think about that water in there, it's like total blackness. So you're like, it could be anything in there. It could be a shark in there. But in this case, it was a demon, was in the water bed. Mm. In that space between those two rubber yeah. things, all this water. And within that was water bays don't exist anymore, right? I'm sure they exist. I'm sure they exist somewhere, but they're not. They're about? not trendy. They're not a thing anymore. Nobody does them anymore. Is, is maybe it the therapeutically ring? they might is be it the ring with the, is with the girl in it. Is that the ring? Nobody was in a water bed in the ring. But no, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm off the water bed. Okay, I'm talking about as far the as the ring. The, yeah, there that's was a girl. The girl. Okay, in right. a well. Yeah, yeah the, okay. To the videotape. So there's nothing in seven days. There's nothing in the conjuring like a person. Demons. It's just a demon. Just demons. Okay. And just different demons. There's no like guy. There's no like okay. this is X. Like 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 like, like the in ring. the con- like in the ring. Yeah. yeah like okay. in the ring or like in the Babadook or any of these kind the of Babadook. Yes. What's that? That's yeah. a movie. Yeah, it's a movie about what? It's interesting. Um, a little boy who has like an imaginary friend who's a a a, 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 blankie, a, a monster. A blankie. Oh. No, it's a horror movie, man. Hmm. Anyway, man, we're gonna move on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like the blankie like floats or something. That'd be crazy. Check out the Babadook. That'd be crazy. Yeah, man. Write that down, man. I might, am. Yeah, man, that's, that's interesting. The Blanky Floats. Yeah. That could be the name of the movie, The Blanky Floats. Uh, Arnie Johnson's murder trial began on October 28th, 1981, close mm-hmm. to Halloween. So there, mm-hmm. there's like a bunch of cameras coming to town. This is a big time story. This 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 attorney might be using the the devil defense and the Halloween and demonic, yeah, you know, satanic time. panic. Hadn't... Hadn't started yet, but this was kind of like, oh, ghostly, ghouly stuff. Like, oh, man, this is a big-time story. So the trial started on October 28, 1981, at the Connecticut Superior Court in Danbury. His attorney, a 33-year-old Martin Manella, told the Post ahead of the trial that he believed Bono's stabs, stab wounds were far too deep to have been done by human hands. What? Even though they were. So I guess he's implying... That he had some kind of help, whether that be some otherworldly benevolent help or whatever. But he's saying it was these, too deep. They were oh. too deep to be made by human hands. I guess like the strength or the I don't know. You got to say crazy. whatever you got to say as a defense attorney. Right. Yeah. Uh, he also told the paper that the potential for a demonic possession defense was introduced by the Warrens. Uh, the defense attorney, Martin Manella, said, I did not come up with this. He wanted to make it clear, like because his probably his license was on the line. Yeah, because this is a crazy defense. So he's like, I didn't say this. These two people who are specialists in demonology proposed it, and I'm thinking about it because they made some interesting points, right? So he went on to say, this is what they presented to me. I went to see Ed and Lorraine and decided to take the case after talking to them. They told me when you're possessed, you have no control over your actions. That stuck in my mind. Manella told people that he traveled to England ahead of the trial seeking precedent by consulting with lawyers who had handled two alleged demonic possession cases there. Those two cases did not go to trial, however. He also had planned to bring exorcism specialists from Europe into the courtroom to tell... This would have been a fucking incredible trial to sit in on. Uh, he, 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 he 
hinted at bringing exorcism specialists from Europe into the courtroom to testify. He said and spoke of subpoenas for the local priests who refused to testify. So the priest who was there at the exorcism for the little boy, but the priest refused to testify. Mm. He also mentioned to the Washington Post ahead of the trial that top movie studios were interested in the case. I'm sure they were. Yeah. Uh, Lorraine Warren confirmed this with the Post reporter. Ahead of the trial, Manella also said that as a part of his defense, he planned to bring religion directly into the courtroom. He said, quote, the courts have dealt with the existence of God and now they'll, now they'll be asked to deal with the existence of the, the of the demonic spirit. So which is interesting. That's an interesting line in the movie as well, because that's not said by him in the movie. It's said by Ed Warren, mm -hmm. the character who plays Ed Warren anyway, which is interesting, though, right? Because in a courtroom, every time you have to you, you swear on a Bible, yeah. you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help you, God. So in a court of law where it's about logic and reason, you are acknowledging that God exists within this court. So how can you not acknowledge that the devil exists? Yeah, true. You know? So I think I th that was an interesting premise that they, that they put forward in the movie where I went, wow, that's actually, that's like some Johnny Cochran shit. And I know we give Johnny Cochran mad praise and rightfully so. He was amazing. But that's such a crazy flip on, of words. Yeah. Where it's like, I mean, look, we, we, we say, so help me God in here. So if God exists, and we admit that God exists in here, then we got to admit the devil exists. Yeah. And this guy, this kid was possessed by the devil when he killed that man. So how can you say that's not true? If we if you're saying that, then we can't swear on the Bible anymore in here. Sure. You know? So I thought that was an interesting way to go about it, right? Uh, Judge Robert Callahan, who presided over the, uh, over the jury trial, was swift to reject the demonic possession defense. Mm. He said allowing such testimony in this court would be irrelevant, and unscientific. He wasn't having it. Yeah, he was like, and I was like, you're not turning this into some kind of kangaroo court <laughs> and spec, you know, crazy, you know, uh, people coming up here in robes and crosses and yeah. talking about the moon phases. And that's not happening in my court. So, like I said, the judge denied him being able to use a demonic possession defense. Mm -hmm. Instead, Manella implied self defense at the trial, which lasted about three weeks. Jurors never heard a word about demonic possession or Johnson's mid-exorcism demand that the entity inhabiting David take him instead. On November 24th, after the jury deliberated for 15 hours over three days, Johnson was convicted of first-degree manslaughter. He was sentenced to 10 to 20 years in prison, and since he was a model inmate, he was released after five years. So it worked. No, the demonic they they went with defense. They went with self defense. Oh, okay. They didn't even allow them to bring that up in the oh, trial. Oh, he said no. It, he no, said no, just, and so they, they didn't just, even get to bring it up to the jury at all. They so they just went with self defense. Mm. I think that might have been twenty times. It worked. That's crazy. It worked. He got ten to twenty years, and with good behavior, five years. Now I don't know what good behavior is in prison. You know, like, I would love to see because I'm sure there's a lot of guys in prison that are like, oh, good behavior. Hey, uh, corrections officer, I'm mopping the floor. Yeah. Oh, hey, I don't know if you guys saw I picked up all those mousetraps. I don't know if you saw that. Like, how do you judge what good behavior is? Like, do you just are you like it has to be natural? Because, like, I would just be in there trying to make sure they saw me going doing good things all the time. Uh, So, like I said, he got released after five years in prison. Johnson and Debbie Glatzel, who married in 1984 while he was still in prison, maintained that their account of what happened in Brookfield with David uh, and the circumstances of Bono's murder and Johnson's demonic possession was all true. Upon his release from prison, Johnson showed no signs of possession. So he was fine. 
He was fine. According to the Warrens, who spoke to the Associated Press in 1986, Ed Warren told the Associated Press that possession doesn't last 24 hours a day. It comes quickly and it leaves quickly. Lorraine Warren, who died in 2019, maintained it all was real as well. She recounted her version of the events for the 1983 book, The Devil in Connecticut, by Gerald Brittle. After its publication, she reportedly sent $2,000 in profits from the book to the Glatzel family. Again, this movie is, this, 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 this story has gone on to become a full-length movie yeah. that came out this year. and That's the family of the guy that was murdered. That's David and the little boy and his okay. story, David, yeah. and his sister is Arnie Johnson's wife. Yeah. So it's their family story hmm. who the Warrens have gone on to profit from, and they sent, she sent them two grand. Uh, however, in 2007, Debbie's other brother, Carl Glatzel, claimed in a legal filing that most of the incidents described in, the, in that book are, com- are complete lies mm. and that his family was manipulated and exploited by the Warrens. The paranormal investigators were opportunists who had turned his little brother's undiagnosed schizophrenia, which he said caused David to experience hallucinations and delusions in 1979 through 1982, into a media frenzy that fueled their fame and profits, but led him to lose relationships, business opportunities. Uh, and this is all according to Carl Glatzel. Yeah. David Glatzel has gone off the radar though. His brother, Carl has spoken to the press previously saying he's doing well and has moved on from the alleged mental health issues. I mean, if it's schizophrenia, I hope he's dying like medicated. You don't just move on. From so he's that. just fine. Just That's what he, that, again, this is not according to David. This is according to Carl. Hmm. David is not in the public eye. So Carl's like, he's fine, which how would you know what this guy's seeing? Yeah. He might just be dealing with schizophrenia enough that you can't tell that it's tearing him apart. Who knows? We don't know what's going on. Listen, it's possible that David could have been possessed by demons. Or nothing was wrong with him at all. Or nothing was wrong with him at all. And Arnie Johnson just yelled in a little boy's face and nothing entered his body. Which is most likely. Well, use that as an excuse to kill somebody. Possibly. Uh, Not much else is known about Arnie Johnson currently, though though Lorraine Warren had had said before her passing that uh, he was working as a landscaper. Both Arnie Johnson and Debbie Glatzel were involved with the movie, uh, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, and they have said that they backed the Warrens' version of the event, and I'm sure money has nothing to do with that. Mm. And that was the story of Arnie Johnson, who uh, contemplated using The Devil Made Me Do It defense and was the inspiration for The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Now, again, there are questions that you need to ask yourself when you watch this movie and when you hear this case, right? Like, do you believe in heaven or hell or heaven and hell? Because, like, if you do, then I have to assume that you have to believe in the dark things that are out there, right? So this is very much a question of, like, you know, uh, what is faith, right? Because if we just say, I believe in God, I'm spiritual, whatever, I don't know. You can't believe in God and not believe in the devil. I don't know how you can do that, right? I mean, like, if 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 you're conceding that... There's something, some benevolent spirit above us that oversees us and everything like that. Then you have to believe that that being has purpose and their purpose is to defeat the darkness. And then the darkness must have a a mascot of some kind as well. And then whatever you think blessings are, there has to be a contrast or a reverse of a blessing that somebody's responsible for, i.e. a devil, a demon, a dark spirit. Their job is chaos. If God's job is 
peace and blessing and prosperity. And when we were in Austin, Texas, we that commercial came on was like this water. If you drink this water, you get you'll just get blessings, right? There's an opposite to that. It has to be. If you believe that, you have to believe that there's somebody out there. You know, uh, Kendrick Lamar described him as Lucy on his album To Pimp, to Pimp a Butterfly, right? Mm-hmm. Lucy comes. Lucy tells you, I'll give you all the trappings of wealth. I'll give you everything you want, but it comes at a price. Yeah. Your soul, your whatever. You know, if you believe in those things, uh, as far as God, you have to believe in the other side, right? So was this, It did this happen like that? I have to say, I don't believe that it did. But there might be some people who believe in God out there listening to this. I'm sure a lot of tons of people. Statistically, there's tons of people. So if you do, then is this far-fetched crazy bullshit? You know? I wonder if the attorney, I'm sorry, the defense was upset, though. About what? Not being able to use it? Yeah. I think that they got, they made out okay. Five years, self-defense. But I mean, like, Like they 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 didn't get the dub with using that, though. Oh, that would have made this. This would have been like a precedent. Like this but would have been. I mean, this though. would have gone down in history. Damn, I wonder. I wonder. But like, use that. Not, not if you lose. Not if it doesn't work. That's a very risky. That's like a, you know, there's there's pitchers in the MLB or like not in the MLB because, but they have this one pitch that like you can't hit, mm. but it's got to be perfect. Yeah. If not, you just threw a fucking tomato over the plate. Yeah. Like you just threw a a ball thirty miles an hour, but if you put the right spin on it. You, it's unhittable but if you do anything wrong you basically just underhand through a a, mm. a pitch to fucking albert Pujols. yeah and that defense is that if you go in there and you bring in the wrong one of those demonologists and they say some shit that's just crazy and not based in because none of it's based in science yeah you bring ed or lorraine warren up there no matter how much they believe in what they do mm. if they go down the wrong rabbit hole and they start talking about beelzebub and looking at the jury and they're like that jury member is possessed by the devil right now. You're like, yeah. uh, no, no further questions. No further questions, Your Honor. And you're like, okay, yeah. you lose. This is a circus. Guilty. Yeah. Life you're in like, prison from murder, not uh, manslaughter. Mm, this could have just been a capital murder charge, and he would have got the death penalty. He walked, essentially. Uh, basically, yeah. I mean, five <laughs> years in prison for stabbing somebody 20 times? He's just fine. Fucking around ice cream and shit in his hand. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> They That's said, wild. look, he never committed a crime before then. He stabbed a guy 20 times. He went to prison, didn't do anything crazy in prison. Now he's out and never has done anything crazy since then. Crazy. So demonic possession. My speculation, white people, Connecticut, 1981, young, kind of a job that, you know, is kind of like, it's, they worked at a kennel. So you got a lot of free time, not a lot of people around. I think they were doing acid. I think they were mm. experimenting with some LSD. Arnie had a bad trip. Thought he saw his girlfriend getting harassed by this guy, uh, Bono, and went, you know, went nuts and stabbed stabbed this guy in defense of his fiance. They taking that to the grave. Anybody oh, that's that. what they're. Do- I mean, they're they're yeah. saying now, as as recently as this movie coming out, that no, what the Warrens say happened, that's what happened. I was possessed by a demon. I saved David. I took the demons into me, and the demons made me kill him. So that. In the story. He, so he, he hasn't spoke after that, though? He's not in the public eye. It's not like they were at the premiere for the fucking Conjuring 7. You know, it's like they're, they're taking whatever money they got from the Conjuring movies and his freedom, and they're just finishing out their life. I beat a murder. I mean, I beat mm. a murder charge. I'm sure he's not walking around with that kind of confidence like he was Gucci Mane or something like that or some rapper who beat a, a murder charge. I wonder if he watched the movie. 
Oh, I'm sure. You know, va- for vanity that? reasons, I would think you got to watch a movie starring you. I mean, the, a person named Arnie Johnson telling your life story. Yeah, I would think they watched it. I would think they got the advanced screener copy of the movie. Watched it at home. <laughs> I don't know. That's crazy. That's man. a crazy one. It's a crazy, crazy defense. But again, my whole point is, if you find, if you believe yourself to be a religious person, can you roll your eyes at the story? I'm. A, I mean, I'm assuming you. I'm assuming you can, and a lot of people will. But it's like, okay, you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the whole truth. So help you God. I swear to God. So God, God help me. All these things that we say on a say to, on a day to day basis. So you, if you, if you are saying that there's a God you must believe that there's a devil. And if you believe God works in mysterious ways, then you have to believe the devil works in mysterious ways. If you think God works in any kind of way, he has a hand in things, it's in God's hands, He, God will show you the way, then you have to believe that the devil is also out there trying to show you a way. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm saying. And I say this to say I'm not a religious person. Yeah. I'm a spiritual person, but I don't believe there's like a dude in a white robe in front of a gate with a book like, okay, well, you kicked the kid off a bike when you were yeah, seven, so you don't get in, right? But there are people who do believe that. And if you believe that there's a guy in the sky with a beard and a book and he knows everything you've ever done wrong and there's these gates that open and if you believe all and gay people can't come in, you know, because, you know, it can start to get dark. There's some people that believe like there's just some sins that God can't. If you're gay and or you interracially date and it's shit, it's some crazy people who bastardize religion. Yeah. So if you believe all of those things, you have to believe that there is a opposite force that has their own set of rules and their own agenda and all those things. And Arnie Johnson said, hey, that agenda and that force took over my body and I'm not responsible for killing that dude. The devil made me do it. That's crazy. So that was the story of Arnie Johnson. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. My affirmative murder this week is about Richard Lewis Hunter. Um, so this was a serial killer that was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he was born in 1955. Okay. So Richard Lewis Hunter is a serial killer mm-hmm. who targeted elderly women in his neighborhood. In fact, all, all of his victims lived within two miles of each other, which makes this um, him a territorial serial killer. Mm. That's what they used. So Hunter worked as a furniture mover, among other jobs. This would come in handy for stealing property after raping and killing his victims. So he was able to move heavy items. So, you know, his thing was he would kill these elderly women and then steal from them. So he would take the TVs. Wow. I mean, his job was, you know, imagine this guy going to here, you know, doing whatever he did. And then he got, he got like his fucking, uh, fucking. Uh, that little exoskeleton thing? Yeah, f- equipment on and shit. Yeah, that's. Or he pulled out his double bag or something like that. That's crazy. Yeah. And this was what? This this happened in, in like. 50s? No, this was in the 80s. Oh, I'm sure they so had. So big the, TVs. Yeah, with the big back. Yeah. He also There's knows, no like, one. the angles and shit, yeah, like, man. how to just get something out of it. Do it quick. Yeah. That's no crazy. noise. That's a crazy, yeah. Um, it's, kind of, it's kind of crazy when you hear stories like this, and it's, like, some little thing that, you know, their their expertise is, like, this, and they use it that. It allows them to, yeah. And it allows them just to be, you know, quiet or they yeah. get away with it. Or, or, to, or the uniform that they wear yeah. allows you to trust them, like, you know, a repairman or a, um, a lot of times, like, a lot of, I remember, like, in the late 90s, a lot of people were getting robbed because of fake people that, like, I work for the security company, like yeah. ADT or whatever the other ones were. Mm-hmm. Orkin, what was another one? 
Sloman. Sloman Shield. Yeah. yeah, that. Like, they're like, I work for that. Because they just have some jacket that says it on there. Yeah. And you're like, oh, then yeah, come on in. Right. You know, it's that easy. Yeah. So he was saying that um, he was able to move heavy stuff by himself. And p- police were thinking, authorities were thinking, like, you know, this was a, this had to be two people. Yeah. Like, the fucking dresser is gone. The couch. Yeah. The whole couch. He's just gone. moving it by himself and shit. Just That's throw crazy. it on his back. That's crazy. Just take it out of the door. So this is a big guy. Yeah. This is, this is a big deal. I can't find his 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 height. Yeah, but he was saying possibly he could be like it's over six foot tall, and his head. If he was like six foot, his head would make him like six three. His hair, his head. He got like a long, oh. a long head. Oh, it's, yeah. So his head gave him a couple inches, like a cone head, like like something like that. Yeah, jeez, oh, it's a big ass. This it's like it's just long up and just a cranium. straight up. Yeah, it's a big ass Jimmy Neutron dome. Yeah. Um, so he targeted women in his neighborhood. They were all they were all older than sixty, African American, poor, and socially isolated. Mm. And a lot of these people were um, elderly people that lived off social security at the time, yeah. or just they just were elderly people. They just yeah. was in the house and they were weak, so that's why he preyed on them. Easy targets. Yeah, yeah. So Annie Copeland, who was eighty five years old, who lived mm. um, on her own in Atlanta, Georgia, she was a serial killer's first victim. Hunter raped and smothered her, stole both a TV and a 32 Smith & Wesson handgun. He sold the TV for, for money to buy cocaine. So Copeland was found by um, a visiting minister covered in a blanket, and her nightgown was turning up, covering her face. 85 years old. 85 years old. Still able to live on her own. Yeah. That's fucking tragic. Uh, so they said she was found laying down on her bed in a fetal position, covered with the bedspread blanket and her face covered by a pillow and her blue nightgown. And they said the apartment was uh, turned upside down. The items from her uh, pocketbook were gone, and uh, it was a bloody pillowcase placed between her legs. Uh-huh. And the perpetrator had managed to enter by cutting a screen, cutting the screen off the living room window um, and pulling out the window pane. Now, I work in, like, I... I go in a lot of apartment buildings, so a lot of elderly people live on the first floor. So that that window sits right on the ground. Yeah. So it's it's, it's easy access. Go to sleep with your window open, yeah, not yeah. thinking. Yeah. You know. Or if it's not locked, some well, apartment yeah. buildings don't have that. They don't have that. It's locks. not up to date like that. So yeah. it's just you so can just cut the screen and just push it open. If you got real grippy hands, push it right up. Push it right up. Yeah. Go right in there. Those people they can't hear that well. So it's yeah. like, it's, by the know, time you just, realize it, it's too late. In, they're oh, already it's in. It's too late. Yeah, it's too late. Um, yeah, so he got in by cutting the screen out of the window pane, um, and they said that the killing scared the other elderly residents living near Clark University who took additional measures to put, to protect themselves in case the perpetrator tried to strike again. Mm. Um, so less than a week after Copeland was murdered, Aretha Clements, who was 61, became a victim. Um, so he said that her son, his plans with her was to get her out of this area that she was in to move um, either her with him or just near him, near to him or in a better neighborhood. Yeah. Um, so they said that it was too late. It was just that the time he had to do that, it was it was already Wasn't too late enough by the time, time Hunter got there, got to her. Uh, and they said Hunter got to her before her son was able to move around um, the neighborhood. To, yep, to find her house to move his mother into. Mm. Um, Clemens was sexually assaulted, strangled, and wrapped in a sheep, and her TV and wallet were, were both missing. Mm. So they said that um, so she lived in the northwest part of Atlanta, only to find her dead in her apartment and ran- her apartment ransacked. Uh, Miss Clemens had been uh, manually strangled and then wrapped up in a bedspread nightgown, and her nightgown was uh, disarranged. Her head put against the foot of the bed, and her and her right leg beneath her, and her plants 
had been overturned. I'm guessing he thought it was something, you know, hidden in there, I would assume. Um, and her plans had been overturned. Her drawers had been empty. Um, it was the killer stealing her 25-inch color TV set and her pocketbook. But there were no suspects in the case either, um, as Aretha rarely left her home except when visiting her best friend or treatment at Grady Memorial Hospital. Mm. So the situation the situation repeated on March 11th with the discovery of the body of 62-year-old Denna May Mike, a blind woman who had been who had who hadn't been seen in two days. Mm. Um, just like similarities to what happened to her was the same thing that happened to Copeland and, and Copeland and Clements. She had either been smothered and several objects had been placed on her head, including a sweater, a pillow, a plastic garment bag with other clothing on the hangers and a duffel bag. So what I was saying is he was yeah. just running through shit. I'm guessing he was just throwing oh, shit. That's I what I think. Okay, yeah, 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 no. I was thinking like to keep her quiet, like to muffle her. Oh, no, no. But no, no. You're thinking, I think like, he was just throwing shit. Tossing and tossing yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Um, so like Copeland, her nightgown had been tra- trampled with a, a bloody pillowcase was found between her legs. Her killer had apparently entered through the kitchen window. With Mike's death, law enforcement from Atlanta homicide began to make connections between the recent murders. All of the victims had been elderly black women living alone off Social Security benefits within one general area and all had their apartments burglared and items stolen after death. The GPI, uh, the the GBI was involved in the investigation and residents of the area were cued about any suspicious individuals in the area. Now, what I would... What I was thinking about this was, I'm guessing that by him being a mover, he had to, at some point, maybe possibly deliver something to their houses. Yeah, I would or think so. Or in the building or something for him to go, you know. This one. This one, or just like a quick, like, just something like, something in the movies, they go like, maybe he like unlocked the fucking oh, shit on purpose. like to come back around. To come back around. Yeah, or like, possibly. oh, she keeps this open or something yeah. like that. Or just, yeah, or just like scoping out where the vulnerabilities are in the house. Yeah. For sure. That's that's very much possible. Yeah. So they said Hunter had been been selling and trading stolen property for drugs, and he laid low for a month before his next murder, who was Grace Allen. I'm sorry, Grace Hill, who was 65 years old, um, who was found on April 9th. On her bedroom floor, she had been raped and strangled like the others, like the others was covered up. In this case, it was newspapers and magazines. So... All the other victims he covered with bed sheets. Yeah. Right? And this one, Grace Hill, he covered her up with, like, newspaper. Like, newspaper and magazines. Mm. There's no... Um, explanation. Explanation of why he did this or... Uh, one of the articles I read that the guy was like... He was like... The dude was the dude was a drug addict, so... And he was a serial killer, so whatever he was doing didn't make sense anyway. Yeah. He probably Erratic behavior. Yeah, he yeah. probably didn't even... Think about it. Don't have it. a reason yeah, why he did yeah. that. And also, they said that a doll was also placed between Mrs. Hill's legs. Um, so I don't... That was weird, too. That could go back into the thing where you're saying he's just like... Yeah, a, yeah. In beto- that feels intentional. Though, and also yeah, in between yeah, yeah. the legs feels intentional. Yeah. But again, I mean, this dude's all coked up, like erratic. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so the murders caused a great stir in the city, including among politicians and community leaders, with the governor, Joe Franks, um, Joe Frank Harris offering a total of $8,000 of reward for any information regarding the murders. Comparisons were also drawn to the Atlanta murders of 1979 and 1981, albeit most of the victims were younger males. According to Dr. James Allen Fox, excuse me, the killer was black in his 30s and lived near the victims. Additionally, theorizing that he was a sadist 
and that he might and he might have developed a hatred of elderly elderly due to an abuse an, due to an abusive childhood. Got it. So in mid-April, an anonymous tip was received um, by police about a certain felon who should be investigated for the series. On April 20th, the authorities arrested the suspect who was residing in his girlfriend's house with their four children. Nuts, which is nuts for like you hear you hear that and you go, this motherfucker was living in my in my house. Big time. Yeah, <laughs> around my sure, kids. Yeah. Like, that's I couldn't even imagine how, you know, how all that went down with his girlfriend and everything. Um, with his four children and he was on on a probation violation. Well, I mean, listen. I'm sure that lady had nothing to do with anything. Oh yeah, I'm not. But no, this yeah. guy, I'm like, talking I about mean, as far as like. No, I get what you're yeah, saying. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm just, I'm just qualifying before I say what I'm about to say. I mean, this guy probably didn't pawn every 25 inch television. You know, like uh, he definitely was bringing some stuff home. Home. To, oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's stealing all this stuff. Like he's not just pawning all this stuff. Yeah. So. I would hope she has some questions. I mean, you know, I guess you True. know if she he's a hustler, whatever she thinks, but he definitely. Had a TV at home. Yeah. Hey, babe, got a new TV. Yeah, you know, fucking like, fucking got another new TV. Yeah. Like it just every house, every room has a TV. You live in, in an apartment 80s. with like a, a one bedroom apartment. You got like eight TVs. Yeah. Come on. You know. <laughs> so I just I don't know, but I'm sure you know. I'm sure she just thought he was a hustler or something like that. I don't you know, know, man. He's buying. He's a drug addict, so he's probably selling for the low. He's probably was getting rid of them things, man. Sure. Um. So yeah, 31 year old convicted forger named Richard Lewis Hunter, who had lived in who had lived in the neighborhood, Hunter was quickly ordered to undergo um, psychological tests at Grady Memorial Hospital and was arranged for court on May 8th. On May 10th, he was charged with the murder while sitting in the Atlanta City Jail, although officials um, deterred from saying how strong there was evidence against Hunter was one anonymous source claimed that they had strong fingerprints matching those of the accused, who had already admitted to attempting to sell Copeland's TV set but also claimed to have to have had an accomplice. Eventually, in order to avoid the death penalty, Hunter pleaded guilty to the murder and received eight life sentences, mm. plus 80 years for the burglaries associated with the killings. So he said also that the police thought that the killer had intense hatred for the elderly, and it's just possible Hunter targeted older, older women because they were weak and alone. Hunter had been breaking into his victims' homes through windows and doors, um, an older single woman living in a social housing in the area began to request transfers to high-rise buildings, um, and, a, and the NAACP had begun installing deadbolt locks on the private homes of elderly women in the area. And Coors, the beer company, um, and area companies donated money to help these uh, elderly women, you know, move, relocate or like get more secure doors and stuff like that. Um, that was pretty much it. So that's my story of Richard Lewis Hunter. Pretty small story. It's not. It wasn't a lot of details. It was hard. You couldn't even find it. I had to go to like Google Images and go down a couple pages because his pictures. You couldn't yeah. even find his pictures. It was like a whole bunch of people popping up. Also, um, putting his name in, Henry Lewis Wallace kept coming up. Because of the three names. Because of, the, cause of, cause of his name. So, and it's, I mean, the only thing is Lewis in it, but yeah. I don't know. But his 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 story kept coming up a lot. And I was like, I know this story and I know that's not um, what you were looking what I'm looking for because all the other articles I tried to find, it wasn't many articles. Also, this story sounds like another story that I think we've done. This sounds like a lot of... This happens a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But it was, did, it was something else that the guy did that helped him. And I can't remember. I can't really remember what it was. Yeah. Like, this guy was a mover. And the other right. guy did something else. And I can't, I can't 
put my finger on what it was at first. Yeah, there, there, there's a similar story to this. I mean, the guy didn't do anything, but there's a story in Baltimore. There was a young kid doing this. He was going around raping um, elderly women and robbing them. Like, yeah, they vulnerable. That charge. guy got that guy lived across the street from my brother, bro. And really? He, yeah, he was outside. He told me about this. He was outside when they when they when the police went to go get him. Wow, crazy. Yeah. I was, that was like, wild. What people wanted to fuck him up. Oh my goodness! People yep. wanted to fuck him. Yeah, up. he lived. He lived. He lived close to us. Yeah, my brother's like, yeah, you know that dude. He lived across the street. I was like, what? That's crazy. Yeah, he was out there when the whole SWAT team was out there to get his ass. Got him out. Of I don't think we've ever done that one. Cause, no, because it's like there's there's no. And that one was pretty recent. That wasn't. That was, that was like a year. Yeah, ago. It was, it was, yeah, it wasn't long <laughs> ago. And also, there's no like. He just is an evil dude. Like, there's no. Yeah. There's nothing of like dig into. He just was. Robbing and raping elderly women. Like, yeah. there's no, he's not an interesting story. No. I mean, what he did was super fucked up, but it's just, he just is a piece of shit. You yeah, know? yeah. So I, but I, still, you know, we like to do these stories just for absolutely, like awareness yeah. purposes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, be well, you know, let family members know, like, you know, people out here that, that's like that. Yes, absolutely. They'll attack elderly. You see, elderly people, you know, they're sweet, all, you know, little and stuff. I mean, listen, man. This stop Asian hate shit. There's been people out here just fucking firing off on 85 year old Asian ladies yeah. and yep. Asian men and delivery people that or people that own a Chinese food place. Like, I don't know how you look at a person who's like elderly and frail and go, yeah, I'm about to fucking that's, just yeah, cock why. back and rock their jaw. Yeah. Like, that's mad cowardly to me. Yeah, for like, sure. Because so, you know they can't do nothing. They can't. They can't. They're going to fight you back. Come on. And they 80, 70 years old, whatever. They. They going by their business. Yeah, come on, man. Let alone somebody being in their own home and just minding their business and yeah. living their life, and you come in there sexually. Well, ladies them. were blind. They was it's, blind, it's, bro. It's, it's, it's some sick people in the world, man. Yeah. It's gross. But um, yeah. Well, and on that note, this feels like the perfect time to get into some good vibes. I believe you go first, right, friend? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, my good vibe this week is not. I don't, I don't, I'm I'm more interested on this guy more than I am the story. Okay, this story is about Warren Buffett, very right? rich. Oh, it's gross! How rich this dude is, and he's like the sixth richest person in the world. The uh, sixth, six. That's not bad, man. It's an exclusive club to be in. Top ten riches, big numbers, that's insane, big bees, man. big bees. Big B's in that club. So on Wednesday, the philanthropist and investor Warren Buffett announced he would be donating $4.1 billion mm. to various charitable foundations. Got it to give away. You got four That's to give away, crazy, and you still man. got B's. Four B's? You giving out B's? Now B's, bro. The world's seventh richest person. The seventh richest person. Oh. Explain how, <laughs> how in 2006 he placed to, dis- to dis- distribute all of his Berkshire Hathaway shares more than 99% of his net worth to philanthropy with his with his latest 4.1 billion Okay, so then he won't have bees left. He won't have a ton of bees left. 99%. Well, he probably was like I'm on my way out. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, he's like all the money I didn't had, I done I I've done what I've wanted I, to do with I've it. I've hoarded it long enough. Might as well point. go ahead and put it to work some people that need it. That's crazy, man. So, with his latest 4.1 billion distribution, he's already more than halfway there. The rest of his 200 and 38,000 shares worth about 100 billion remain destined for charity. 
with Buffett planning to continue giving to the Susan Thompson's Susan Thompson Buffett Foundation, the Sherwood Foundation, the Howard G. Buffett Foundation, the um, Noble Foundation, all and these the Gates foundations, Foundation. All these foundations have his kids' names in them. Yeah. Well, not the Gates Foundation. Bill Gates? I don't know. That's what I was saying. The <laughs> Gates Foundation? Who else would it be? How about the Boys and Girls Club of America or something like that? You know what I'm saying? Like giving this maybe to like, the, John, the John Buffett Foundation. Maybe it's under the same umbrella or something. It's, 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 it, yeah, it, but it when it's the, the same umbrella, I feel like that's just a way to give the money to your sense. kids, oh. and it is like hiding it from taxes. Hey, man, this dude's a I'm, very I'm smart. Sure, I'm sure man. the money's going to good places, but I thought you were going to tell me like the St. Jude's Hospital, oh, no. or you know, like. <laughs> no, no, no. So Buffett put his generosity simply over many decades. I have accumulated an almost incomprehensible. S- some almost. simply almost. by doing what I love to do. It is incomprehensible. <laughs> I've made no sacrifices, nor has my family. Compound interest, a long runaway. I'm reading a book called The, the Compound Effect. The com the compound effect too. Uh, it's about it's just about um trying to get into a habit and then doing little steps to get to that to the big step at the end. Sure. Yeah. It's a great book. I yeah, like sounds it. like it. Um a long runaway, wonderful a long runway, wonderful associates in in our incredible country. Have simply worked their magic. Sure. Simply has use for my money. I don't. It's yeah. like, I don't have anything to do with all this money. Yeah. I've, so I've, I've spent it all, lived it, it all. Give it away to all my kids. Yeah. In these charitable foundations. Just, you guys, <laughs> you guys open up all these yeah. foundations so I can get the money in it. <laughs> Possibly. I don't know. He states, a much more admirable form of philanthropy than mine involves the giving of personal time and effort. I've done little of that. Those who get those who give their love and time in order to directly help others, perhaps adding a monetary gift that requires them to give up the purchase of something meaningful for their own use, are the hopes of philanthropy. America has millions of such givers. Yeah, time is way more important than lots and lots of money, guys. Yeah, man. Money's money's money doesn't mean anything. I totally yeah. believe that. So Buffett joined an exclusive club. You just brought that up. You just brought this up. An exclusive club. <laughs> you don't believe that, or you do believe? No, nah, man. Time is, time's great. Sure. Again, Buffett joined this exclusive club of people worth more than one billion dollars in March. After shares in Berkshire Hathaway rose to history levels in 2021, though some of, some of the advice in Buffett's latest statement goes out only to a few. It's still wise and worth heeding. So whatever he was investing in, he's like, still go out and do that. Um, imagine being in a, a club where you and six other people I can. are worth billions of dollars. Can. But you know what I can do? Sit down on the couch and watch several episodes of a nice TV show because I have time. And money just money just doesn't matter, man. Time is where it's really at. Time, having time. Yeah, I think time is more valuable than money. You don't think so? Than a billion dollars? Yes, yeah, more valuable than I'm my being, paycheck. I'm being of realistic. My Forty hour work I'm be, week. I'm being check. realistic. Sure, yeah, I'm being yeah. Realistic. No, I'd rather a have billion dollars. I'd rather have a billion dollars than like a time to go to dinner with a friend. Me much, too. Much absolutely. Rather. I can. We can zoom. I can. Yeah, I can zoom you. We can zoom while you I'm in swimming on, in on a pool of money, but. Realistically, realistically, t- yeah, realistically, in in the boring. world of broke boys, in the yeah. world of the simple day to day person, yes, time, health, these are these are things that are 
uh, very valuable, of Absolutely. course. But yes. if somebody offered me a billion dollars to go, hey, I need you to miss Sophie's basketball game, I will go, Sophie, play your hardest. Hey, I'll be at the next one. Mom's gonna record it. <laughs> we can watch. I'm it gonna together. go get this. I'm gonna go get this. Th- these bees. Yeah. And then I'll meet up with you. Yeah. At the next game, I'll pay for the celebratory pizza. <laughs> right. After you win. I'll buy you a basketball court. <laughs> you can't have all the games you yes. Hey, man, shout out to Warren Buffett, his kids, their money. Sure, man. I uh, would love to receive some of that charitable, charitable donations. If you're just giving it away, yeah, why not a buy us? So, yeah, the Affirmative Murder Foundation is willing to take your your uh, your valuable uh, donation and yeah. elevate us. The two, two starving black underprivileged yeah. youths. You can kind, give us a kind meal. Of, kind a, of youths. A, an kind easy of, meal. We're kind of youths still. Yeah, Two underprivileged so. p- people of color. Yeah. Youths. That's what we're, I think that's where everybody wants to donate their money to these days, right? I would agree. How, why not help bring some, get us out of the the hood? Yeah. You know, like elevate us. I'm not in the hood, but I see what you're doing. Shut up, man. What are you doing? Come on, I'm trying to get this back. He's he's going to listen? Warren Buffett not listening to this, man. It's the hottest true crime podcast in the streets, man. I don't know how many times I got to tell people. Warren Buffett, man. He may hear it. Somebody pop up in the P.O. box. I go, hey, man, it's checking this. And you want to be like, oh, <laughs> I'm not in the hood. Now nah, he's ripped that check up just now because you want to fucking you want to fucking signify that you're living good. <laughs> is, uh, my good vibe story this week is uh, a story of uh, two co-workers who donated their kidneys to each other's husbands to save their lives. Wait, like she donated you to her friend's husband? They did a um, wife swap, but with kidneys. Why? Probably because you have to, has to be a perfect match. And if those two happen to match, I will read the story and uh, so we'll find out it together. It will be Sierra giving me her kidney. Yes, that's how. And went. Stephanie giving me, and they just happen to match. That's that's yeah. insane. So the COVID nineteen pandemic has let uh, has put life as we know it on hold for the for more than a year. But as things finally settle back into a new normal, people are returning to work to the workplace. For two workers catching up during a chance encounter, swapping news. Uh, Swapping news serendipitously turned into a life-changing, a life-saving exchange. Susan Ellis and Tia Wimbush both work at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Ironically, both Tia's husband Rodney and Susan hus- Susan's husband Lance. Also, those both sound like hilariously racist names for both. Like Tia's black, and her husband's name is Rodney. Yeah, and Susan's white, and her husband's name is Lance. <laughs> those very stereotypical names all around for everybody. Uh, They were both on a waiting list for kidney transplants. As the two compared notes, talking over the ups and downs of their husband's conditions, uh, the subject of blood types came up. Thanks to a piece of random information, the women suddenly realized they could they might be potential donor matches for the other's husband. What? Uh, One of them said, quote, my thought immediately was that we could help each other and stop the suffering of two families. This is what Tia said to Good Morning America. I called Rodney immediately, and he and I were both just committed to moving forward and trying to help two families. When the tests were run, it turned out Tia and Susan were indeed matches made in heaven for one another's husbands. That's crazy. Both wives were granted donor approval last October, but before the December surgeries could be performed, Lance suffered a setback and had to be hospitalized. Once his condition was stable, the procedures were rescheduled for January. Then Susan tested positive for COVID-19 and was forced into a mandatory quarantine. The procedures were postponed again. After Susan got the all clear, the operations were scheduled this time for March 19th. As the old saying goes, 
third time was the charm, and both transplants were successful. The couples convalesced and convalesced in close proximity on the same hospital floor. Just say like convened or something, man. People always want to use it. extra fucking twenty dollar words. <laughs> uh, on the same hospital floor, visiting each other as soon as they were able. While Tia was while Tia and Susan's downtime was a little more uh, protracted than they'd originally envisioned, Lance and Lance and Rodney's marked post-operative improvement more than made up for any short time for any short-term discomfort that they made if they may have felt the two thankful husbands freed from hours of crippling dialysis are looking forward to spending many happy years of quality times with their loved ones which now include their extended kidney families uh our this is a quote our story is a story of kindness it ended up in a kidney exchange that was the result of that was the result of it but it started with human beings just just it started with human beings just human beings and checking in on each other uh, Susan told Good Morning America We're busy with social media and texting and thinking and we don't check in on our neighbors In addition to reminding folks to reach out to one another on a human level both families hope their will hope their story will inspire others to think about being being living transplant donors you can learn more about this process at organdonor.gov so basically just saying you can donate your organs while you're still alive not like when you die that's absolutely it's very crazy i I wouldn't be surprised if hallmark made that into a movie like within the year it's it's covid story friendship is a crazy twist kidney you yeah i could see that being turned into a movie shout out to them that's a very beautiful story like you like you said um I don't really have anything, friend. I haven't really been watching anything uh, of importance on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler, the creator's new album is out. It's fantastic. Oh, okay. you know, so I feel free to listen to that if you would like. But uh, other than that, you got anything you want to touch on before we go? Uh, I got my XM radio back. Congratulations, man. What's your favorite uh, XM channel? Channel 50, The Groove. That's a good That's a good one, man. No, that is a good one. I love it. Um, I like Pop 2K. It just takes me back. You know, when you're just riding down the street and you hear fucking Genie in a Bottle or... Pop 2K like is two or some twenty some. Like one I think it's ten. I know it's one. It's early. Ones. It's early on, but yeah. they play all the stuff from like two thousand to two thousand nine. I gotta check that out. Yeah, um, some of my favorites. I finished season two of Lupin. I love that show. Lupin. Yeah. Did you watch it? I never seen it. I seen people talking about it, but I never watched it. I love that show, man. That surprises me though, because I feel like I've told you about subtitle stuff before, and you you you're like I don't like subtitles. This is a subtitle show, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you just it's that good. You just it's oh, worth it. Is it an action show or is it f- comedy or what is it? No, it's it's it's, it's action. It's a uh, these con artists and the fucking. Uh, so it's like a it's like a fast paced thing. It's yeah, not yeah, like it's a quick, clever quick. comedy. Yeah, it's kind of like um or it reminds drama. Me, it reminds me of a Prison Break. You seen Prison Break? I right? didn't watch Prison, Prison Break. Break. It's like one. But it's I like, like that. I like those shows where it's like clever. Oh, almost about to get caught, but they don't get caught. Okay. I love so, okay. That. Okay. I love yeah. That. I I never knew what Lupin was about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I heard I a lot it. of people talking about oh, it when the second God. season came out. It. Yeah. It's so quick. I'm upset though. It was like six episodes. That's what they do over there. It's bullshit. The Europe Europe is fast, man. They only do six episodes a season a lot of times, and then years apart, like a year apart. I may get, I may have to give me a VP. What's the thing called? A VPN? VPN? I may have to grab that. What would that do? The, sh- the series, the season's over, right? I mean, maybe they got like other shows like that. I don't know. Oh, that's true. Possibly. You know what you should watch? What? Which is good. I never finished it, but it is really good. Sherlock. But the Sherlock, Sherlock the BBC Sherlock with, uh, who's Doctor Strange? Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch? No. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch. Does he's that, the one that did Doctor Strange? He's I the like one, Doctor Strange. He's really good at Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's really good. I never finished it. 
which isn't. It's on HBO Max. It's on Netflix. Netflix. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what Lupone is on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you you guys still got Netflix. So you should check out Sherlock. Mm. Again, it's like six episodes a season, so it comes and goes really quickly. Yeah. And I think it's like four seasons. Really good show. So there we go. Got a little recommendation. Yep. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. Uh, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in True Crime, Francis Evans. Shirts on sale at Patreon right now. Exclusive merchandise. Go, go get them. it. Get it go today. Grab them up. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.